a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Really excited for this one. Uh, flyracing.com, the 2018 gear is out now, so please check them out. Uh, they got a BOA system on their light hydrogen line as well as their top-of-the-line Evo gear, so you can uh, please check that out. Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, just some of the guys rocking Fly Racewear, and they make much more than just moto gear also. So check their website, Snow Stuff. If, say, you live in Idaho, they've got a lot of snow stuff. Uh, the guys at WPS and uh, Fly Racing have a lot of exciting things coming all the time and also to alpine star protects uh alpine star whether it's the bns tech carbon the a1 roost guard or the uh, fluid tech carbon knee brace you know they make great boots but they make a whole line of protection products as well and uh, please check them out a alpine stars and of course the alpine star medic unit on the races at supercross and motocross each and every week and we thank uh fly racing and wps and we also thank uh alpine stars for making this happen all right people let's get right into this uh first up on the line i got a couple of great champions uh, on the phone and uh, talk a little bit about their careers intersecting and uh, the before, the after, everything else. Uh, first up, though, he's a multi-time AMA motocross supercross champion. You know him as the Hurricane, Bob Hanna. What's up, Hanna? How are you? I'm good. Everything's pretty good. You know the guys at WPS well. Sure. Killing it. Sure. I'm 20, 20 miles from them. Oh, are you really? Okay. I live 20 miles from them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's been on? What's been going on with you? What's happening? Nothing much. Working, flying, and staying at home. That's what I do. Bicycling, <laughs> bicycling, flying, bicycling, staying at home. <laughs> yeah. I ride my bike uh, three or four days a week if I, as long as I can get on it. And uh, and I uh, fly, obviously, because I fl have to fly a lot for the job. And, yep. and I stay at home as much as I can. Buying, selling airplanes, right? Yeah. That kind of yeah. stuff? Um, also on the line, the uh, multi-time champion, AMA Supercross and Motocross champion. Uh, you know him as uh, maybe the godfather of motocross schools now, DonnieHanson.com. You can go there. Donnie Hanson, what's up, Donnie? How are you? I'm good, Steve. How's, how how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, your schools now have been just a ton of success for a long time now. Yeah, 30, 34, some 34 years of uh, doing doing the schools and uh, been all over the world and uh, mostly within the country, though. Mm -hmm. um, you know, based out of, out of Colorado and uh, concentrate a lot on our, our camps. You know, our, right now our summer camps is uh, going strong. And, and then uh, the two-day, mostly two-day schools are around the country. 
Now, I want people to, uh, if you've just hearing Hanson and Hannah for the first time on this show, I've done both in-depth podcasts with both of these guys about their careers and uh, went year by year and spoke to both of these uh, gentlemen about all the great accomplishments they've had. So go back and, and search Hannah or search Hanson on iTunes or my Pulpamex app, and uh, you can hear all the pods with them. We're going to kind of do a little bit of fun, a little bit of intersecting today on their careers and touch on things in general. Uh, Hurricane, now... You never got into the riding school business, Bob, like like some others have. But I did hear from some people that worked with Suzuki in the late 80s, early 90s, when you were like a consultant with them. I heard that you tried to help riders, and then you got very frustrated with them. True or false? True. <laughs> in, in the 90s, I, I think the batch of 90s riders uh, in general sucked myself and you know people can bitch at me if they want but mm -hmm. there were part of years they weren't i mean jeff emick himself admits now that right he was uh out of line and and the guys i was working with i if i if uh donnie i'm sure donnie understands if he's got a serious guy he wants to work with mm -hmm. and the guy's dead ass serious he has patience for it and if he if he's not i could care less talking to somebody that doesn't want to hear me talk <laughs> and, and I, got, I have no patience for that and so the 90s were a bad time for me uh for help <laughs> trying to help anybody i quit in 89 i did some help with suzuki and yamaha in the 90s and yep and uh, going to Michael Craig's house trying to get him motivated is not my cup of tea. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> you know he, what I mean? He, even, he, he didn't even get up to come to the classes like he's supposed to. You call him up when he should have been there. And he's <laughs> he don't like to get out of bed too early, you know, or at least he didn't then. But I just had no patience for that, and yep. uh, I wouldn't have any more today. I'm not a motivator. I'm a self-motivator. I'm not a motivator of man. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard a story, uh, I want to say 89 or 90, some of the Suzuki kids. And, and LaRocca was there, Denny Stevenson, the Hoop, and these guys. And, and you were like trying to, and you're just like, you guys are idiots. You just, you're not getting it. You're not trying hard. You're not bicycling. You're not. LaRocca yeah. always tried. LaRocca always tried. He's different than Denny Stevenson. And Denny Stevenson, I heard him say once, uh, even when Hannah was at Suzuki, he didn't even know my name. He was probably, he was just about right on that. You know, I, I just, I look at him and I go, really? <laughs> Really? <laughs> really? But, uh, Donnie, so... They have this opportunity, yeah. and, and mm -hmm. uh, they just didn't want to seize it, that's all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and motocross is full of these guys that can ride the balls off, ride their balls off and for a lap or two, right? And then it's a yeah. separate situation. Um, yeah. Donnie, when you're working with riders, uh, you can see the talent, you can talk to them, and you can teach them and help them. But I guess, like Bob said, like it's inside of you or it's not, right? Yeah. Yes, I mean there's there's uh, right, there's riders out there that uh, kind of limit themselves, limit themselves of what they're what they're going to do, and and then there's other guys, you know, you know, like Hannah that uh, works work his ass off, and and if he doesn't have the talent, he's he's gonna he's gonna beat him by working at it, and not not necessarily the talent. Uh, so Bob, when a guy like Dogger was coming up and beating you, I mean, this is, you know, 85, 84, yeah. 85. So you're yeah. still very fast and he's winning the odd race. This just drives you nuts. Well, that's a, he, he's fantastic. Obviously to me, uh, Michelle Bell was a very talented writer without much work. And, uh, Don, or, uh, Lachine was probably the most talented writer I've ever seen without working, but that's almost a curse. Mm-hmm. 
And if a guy like that, uh, I'd always, I'd, I'd rather see a guy. A guy's luckier to be a Jeff Stanton. He doesn't have the talent. Mm-hmm. When he started, he wasn't very talented. He, he looked like he was riding a tractor, mm-hmm. and and he stole stuff from Johnson and everybody he could steal stuff from, and he made himself yep. some kind of champion, right? And uh, and then a guy like that, he he he's been through the business from the start to the finish. He didn't just inherit Daddy's business and he runs it. He knows the business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that uh, makes a lot stronger rider. Now, Lachine, if Lachine had Jeff Stanton's drive, oh my God, you'd have something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just not the way it is. If I was born rich, I would have never had one champion. Never had one championship. I know that. I know I would have been. I would have taken the easy way out. I know that for a fact. It's right, not right. that I'm the strongest guy in the world mm-hmm. mentally or physically. It was. I didn't feel like working at McDonald's or welding the rest of my life, <laughs> right. and I'm deathly afraid of working at McDonald's. And that's what kept me busy, and that's what keeps me busy today. I mean, it's nothing that's. Uh, that I should be um, famous for. It's just I'm scared to hell out of working at McDonald's. And then in the 90s, none of those kids have ever worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. They've never had a job. They're not afraid of the real world. No, you're right. The- Bradshaw quits a $750,000 job before he throws his leg over the bike and thinks that the world's going to pay him 750000 for doing something else. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, and they're not afraid of that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had a job, you'd be afraid of that going to work every day for somebody. I don't like working for somebody, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the things, Donnie, so, Donnie, we've covered your story before. You win the Supercross and Motocross Championship on a factory Honda deal. Uh, you're re-signing for 83. You tell them, uh, I'm going to go to Motocross the Nations, and uh, we'll come back and pick this up. And, and, you know, you were hoping that you would kill it at this Nations and uh, get a great contract for Honda. You were, you, were, you were the Ryan Dungey, Ryan Villapoto, in 1982. You were on top of the game. And we all know what happened, Donnie. You got hurt. Uh, you never really raced again. It was a bad crash for you, and, and you know that was it for you. So talking about 2017, Donnie, Ryan Dungey has bowed out twice for this race. Eli Tomac made a lot of news. Uh, he's bowed out two years in a row. You know, Team America's gone six years without uh, winning this, actually five years without winning this. Um, but, Donnie, I guess out of all people, you can understand these guys saying, I don't want to go. I, I, there's nothing in it for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm slammed with 30 races. I sympathize with these guys, but I feel like I'm in the minority. And we'll find out both of your feelings here. But Donnie, first up for you, do you understand where these guys are coming from? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, their, their uh, championship here in the states is uh, you know worth probably a million dollars from these energy drinks. You know, if they won the title. And uh, it, I, I don't know how the contracts read, but if they have nothing to go over there and race for race for a country over there in Europe, then they can't afford to get hurt over there. Um, they, yeah, they they're you know they're they're thinking about. I mean, I think they would love to be over there representing their country if 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 things the timing was different. I guess you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But they have too much at stake, uh, you know, to lose if they go over there and something happens and and uh, they can't finish out in the, the, the you know the motocross the nationals here. Yeah, absolutely. Just pull up, talking to your phone a little bit, Donnie. Pull the receiver up. It was good, and then it went south there a little bit. So, um, Bob, what do you think of all this? What do you think of this controversy? I think the same thing. They have a terrible long season over here. We always did. You know, I raced forty-five races a year a lot of times. 
and uh, you're tired, you're burnt out. And I, I went to Trophy of the Nations three times, and and it would be different if you're in Switzerland, and you lived in Holland. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's no big deal. Yep. Okay, we go a, a long ways from here. <laughs> if it's at Unadilla, yeah, no problem. I mean, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I feel bad for the riders, and a lot of people don't feel bad for the riders, and you need to be in their shoes. They're tired, they're beat up, they're hurt, and they got to think about next year, and they frankly got to think about their livelihood. So, if you don't want to go to Donations, don't go, and somebody will want to go. Mm-hmm. Whether we win or not is not the end of the world. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Like Tomax. I think Tomac's like affected by all these this social media stuff he's been getting. You know, nowadays that's what these these guys do, and myself included. I shut the social media off and, <laughs> and do what the hell I want because you can't please everybody anyway. I, you know, mm-hmm. please yourself. Don't try to please everybody. The guys that like you are going to like you. The guys yeah. that hate you are going to hate you. And you can kiss ass all you want. And the guys that hate you still hate you. So <laughs> right. don't don't try to please everybody. Anybody, anybody that tries to please everybody's full of shit. You know, yeah. they should not try that. Yeah, and and look and Bob, look at Donnie, right? He goes there, and okay, that's a very extreme. This is the same thing. If yeah. Tomac doesn't have his contract signed, goes over there and busts his ass. Then what happens? Right, and uh, so Donnie, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that cost that cost me a lot of money. It cost you millions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and it was all in the name of you know, hey, I'm going to go ride for Team USA. Now, you know, again, that's a very slippery slope question, and, and and that's the extreme example. But these guys are saying that they're just, and and I and I get it, I understand it, you know. So you ride 20 Supercrosses over here. If you're alive at the end, you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, that's. I true. mean, it's tearing these guys up, right? Uh, how much, Bob, are you watching the races these days, if at all? I watch all the Supercrosses. I watch the outdoors when I get a chance. And I haven't had a chance, but I watched every Supercross. And Donnie, what about you? How much do you sit down and watch this stuff? I'm um, obviously Josh still racing. Uh, same, you know, same thing. Uh, Supercross, I watch them all, and and uh, the motocross, I uh, I watch mo- probably most of them, a lot of them, but it doesn't always pan out where I can sit down in front of the TV and, and check it out. But I, I I love to as much as I can. Uh, Donnie, you know, again, we talked about your success in the motocross schools. Um, you would never, ever put a video of Bob on in his heyday and show people that's how you ride, correct? Why wouldn't no, you do I, that? Yeah, well, yeah, I would show him what not to do. <laughs> um, you would be like, kids, here's what not to do, because, Bob, uh, you pinned it, man. Uh, you, know, well, you, know, you know what Bob, Bob's problem was? He's wearing the Scott boots, and you can't feel you can't feel nothing on the foot pegs. He couldn't keep his feet on the peg. Mm. I wonder, Bob, if you you know you started HRP, you started this flak jack uh, that has became so popular, and I wonder if you just thought, you know what, the plastic on my feet. Let's put more plastic on all over your body. <laughs> I actually liked him. He's right. He couldn't feel much out of him. I had special ones with. We started developing rubber bottoms and then a full rubber bottom, but there was mm-hmm. still not the feel we had. But you felt like a robot in them. Uh, I mean, you felt like uh, the seven a million do- seven million dollar man because if somebody rammed you, it wasn't going to break your ankle or leg. <laughs> I mean, you stuck your foot in somebody's spokes; it's going to wreck his spokes, not your boot. <laughs> right, right. And I and when I did quit using them, when they quit building them, and I went back to high points, I felt like I was riding in a dish rag. Right, right. I was a little nervous for a while. I go, ooh, I'm riding in somebody's sandals. <laughs> riding, yeah, riding in tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like riding in tennis shoes. You're going, wow. Um, Donnie, let me ask you. You're you're younger than Bob, I believe. Uh, if I if I have it right, but everybody's younger. Everybody's than younger than you, um, Donnie. Let me get you some. I want to talk to you about. Obviously, you guys are friends now. Uh, you've been friends for a long time. Uh, answer Eddie Cole connection and all that. But Donnie, coming up, 
I mean, I hear these stories about Bob. I'm 42 years old, so it's a little, I was pretty young. But I hear these stories about Bob. He really didn't like anybody. He didn't have any friends. At one point, he uh, made up an obituary notice for Keith Bowen at the races. Uh, so you hear these stories, Donnie. But did you talk to Bob back then, like in 1980, 1981? Uh, well, Bob, you missed the 80 season. But did you, Donnie, did you talk to Bob? Or was he intimidating? Uh, uh I, I, I did. We didn't talk that much. Yeah, I don't we, think we, we, we just, did not we, have any problem. Donnie was, uh, if there was a nice guy on the track, he was, a, he was one of the guys that could be nice and still win. You know, uh-huh. I think guys like Tripes. Tripes is a very, very nice guy, but and we were very good friends. But he had a difficult time trying to beat me when we were really friends, and he really had to fake it that we weren't friends. And that's basically the same thing I think of. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't really want to be. It's hard not to be friends with Donnie Hanson, to be frank. Okay. Okay. All What's right. he going to say? He's never given. I don't even know if he's ever given anybody the bird on the track. I don't know if he has or not. <laughs> you know. But I never had any run-ins with him, and and uh, hey, 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 wait, a wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Wait we got. Did we one. have a run-in. <laughs> High Point. This is oh, like, I? I think probably eighty-one, maybe eighty-one. Well, maybe I we ride the bird. <laughs> <laughs> no, were, were you were you riding the two fifties back in eighty one? It had to have been eighty one. I think. Uh, I you know only only at the end of the year I got some rides in. I, uh, oh yeah yeah well, eighty one I no, rode. That's yeah, when that big 80, Howerton deal came. Yeah eighty one. You were two fifties both. Indoors I didn't and see out. you much. You hole shotted and left, and uh, I was back floundering uh, with the score. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was a distant third behind uh, you and Kent and and. Uh, Anyways, going uh, down down the off camber section, the left hander, and I was hit ahead of Bob, and Bob came in there and just tapped me, just tapped me, and just slide me out, pushed me out of the way, and, <laughs> and he was gone. <laughs> well, there we go. But I mean, was he Donnie? Was because I mean, Bob was a multi-time champion by then. You know, the best rider in the world until he broke his leg. Like it was, he was the the guy. Were you intimidated by him? Because well, yeah, I was. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I was. A, I was a rookie. Right. Basically. 19, right. 1980 was my first year, uh, in, uh, on the circuit. Mm-hmm. Eighty-one, and then eighty-two is my last year. Um, so I wasn't. Yeah. I was. You know, I had been reading about Hannah and Marty Smith, uh, Tripes, Carlton, right. you know, uh, Barnett. Anyways. Yeah, all those guys, all those guys. They, you know, I looked up to, to all of them, and uh, I had something to prove if if I was going to be a contender with them. And I just, you know, uh, I worked my ass off. Maybe I don't know as as much as Bob, but you know, I did what I thought I had to do, and what I learned from our, our trainer Jeff Spencer um, mm-hmm. along the way. So as time went on, things got uh, got better. Got, got yeah, you know, you got to have good people around you, and have good people, good equipment, and the combination of that, and and uh, a little bit of luck, you know, just uh, I blossomed, you know, that that last year I was I was out there in '82. Um, Bob, so what do you remember about the little puke Donnie Hansen when he came okay. came onto the scene? Here, here's what he's like. Okay, uh, he is like. There's a lot of them out there. When I first went to Honda in 83, Bailey was one and, and, and Omero was one. Mm-hmm. They're guys with a lot of talent. They haven't put it together yet. They 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 want to do it, and they're very good. 
and they just got to get it get it done right. And Honda obviously had Roger DeCoster, and if you know if Roger's running your team, you're going to start winning. He's just got to get it all put together, mm-hmm. and he put the bikes together. There's no doubt about it. Donnie was brand new. Donnie was brand new to the circuit. Donnie had a couple years. Honda had good started getting good bikes. Donnie got a his foot in the door and won a couple races and once he sees that he can win mm-hmm. he's like Johnny O'Mara when he sees he can win all all those Honda boys got going about the same time yeah and Johnny starts seeing he could win. Johnny says, hey, I'm going to train harder. I'm going to do this. Hanson's training hard. Hanson's getting the whole shots and winning. And he's going, man, I don't even need to race for these guys. If I get to start, I'm gone. And he knew that. And uh, Bailey was starting to come on. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Donnie and Bailey got cut short. And uh, both of them in their day were the Rick Johnson. I mean, were the, were the Ryan Dungey. And unfortunately, Ryan Dungey didn't get cut short, but he, they were both Ryan Dungeys of their day. And uh, and they got hurt. You know, that's yeah. the problem. Now, now, Donnie's deal opened the door for me at Honda because I wouldn't have been at Honda in 83 because they didn't have any bikes. I had quit Yamaha, asked Honda for a bike. They didn't have any. Two weeks later, Donnie gets hurt, and they say, we got a bike because it doesn't look like Donnie's going to ride it. So I got his bike. Yeah, let's, uh, let's back up before that, though. I'm interested in that for sure. Uh, Bob, so you win... You come in, Bob, and uh, in in eighty one, you win the Supercross Championship, correct? In no, I don't. No, no, no. That was, no, no. Okay. That was Mike Bell. Okay, Mike Bell. Uh, yeah. so, I was out. I broke. My, I won uh, 77, 78, 79. Right. In the end of seventy nine, I broke my leg. I'm out in eighty. So you come back so in eighty one. I was back, but not not doing very well. If I won one race in the Supercross, I was lucky. I don't remember even the results. You know. Uh, so eighty one. Yeah, I'm sorry. You come back. You're second in the Outdoor Series, uh, fifth in the in the Supercross Series, but your not stoked on the bike, correct? No, no. When I got hurt, and, and unfortunately for Glover, too, and he didn't bitch at him, they just dropped the ball on the bike. When I come back in 81, it was thir- our, our work bikes came over 30 pounds over the weight limit. And we go, what, what are you doing? <laughs> we, we, we like, this is a travesty. We got five pounds off it in titanium before the second race of the infamous Howerton deal, right? Mm-hmm. But 25 pounds heavy, you can't ride the bike. And so, uh, unfortunately, Glover had uh, uh, the same problem, and mm-hmm. everybody was on the bike. And at the end of that year in 82, uh, the Japanese were kind of busting our balls, to be frank. Uh-huh. Saying you, I was across the desk from the head guy, and he said, you, got, you and Glover are out of shape. And I said, no, <laughs> I hate to tell you this. I don't know how to tell you this, but you're full of shit. You don't know anything what you're talking about. Glover's as good a rider as out there. He's in perfect physical shape, and so am I. And your bike's... Or shit. And I go, you guys are hurting for money. I go, you sound like you don't want me here anymore. I have a contract signed for like 300 grand. Uh-huh. I go, you sound like you don't want me here anymore. Is that true? <laughs> and they go, that's probably true. I go, would you like to cut that contract right now? I'll leave. You save your money because you guys are hurting for money right now. They weren't doing too they weren't well. Doing so says, good. Okay. You're right. Yeah. He says, you'll quit? And I go, absolutely. Sign the paper. Get it ready right now. <laughs> that's crazy, huh, Donnie? <laughs> Donnie. And I'm done. And then I ask, I, I didn't even care. And I'm done. I call Honda. I call Roger, and he says, man, we don't have any bikes. I said, I'll ride one of those bikes for free. I go, I got a point to prove here. I don't, I don't. He said, we don't have any. And so I don't know what I was doing. I was gone. But about a week later, I got a call from Roger and uh, told me Donnie got hurt. The decision to put you in 125 in 82. So 82 is Donnie. Donnie, that's your year. You win both championships. Uh, In 82, Bob, you're still at Hannah. You're still at Yamaha. You Somehow they said they had a reason. 
put and you... here's a reason. Okay. This is right at the Japanese desk. Okay. So they go, we got a problem. We have a warehouse full of 125s. And I go, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> and they go, if you'll ride to 125s, we'll sell them all. And, I, and they said, we'll back you. We'll do everything we can uh-huh. to make you the best bike. And you ride them. I go. You know we're gonna. You know I'm good to win the one, the 250 champion yeah. this year. At least I think. Right. Yeah, and they yep. said we know that. And I go. You want me to ride the 125 even if we lose? And they said yes. They said we'll do everything. I'll give you a team of Japanese, which they did. They mm-hmm. gave me a whole team. I had like seven Japs around me the whole time. I guess we don't say Japs. No, I don't think we do. But that's all right. In the old days, we said <laughs> Japs. Okay. Now we have Japanese. I had seven Japanese guys, good guys, with me, uh-huh. and they did. They did their best. I'll give you, the bike hadn't been ridden in a few years. Glover and I hadn't been on 125s for years. Uh-huh. And I haven't raced them for years. They did a pretty damn good job, but the thing would not make 45 minutes without season most of the time. You know, we had, a, yeah. we had serious troubles with it. You know, I win one race, I think. And you had the radiator and, on the handlebars. I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> and they said... Uh, they said, and I hit him up for more money. I said, I'll do it for more money. And I, I said, in 10 years, you pay me this amount of money with 10% interest, and we're done. I, I go, I'll do it, but I'm going to look like a fool. You understand that? And I go, for the money, if that's what you want, we'll do it. And mm-hmm. at the end of the year, they were happy. They sold their bikes. Uh, McCann- McCarty and I weren't that happy, but I agreed to do it, so I ate it. I, I said, you know what? In 10 years, nobody will know I look like a fool. Right. I go, I'll get a, I'll get a big check and... Uh, and I look like a fool, and they, that's what they wanted. But at the end of 82, we were not hitting off because we were blaming the bikes, and yep. they're blaming us. And that's the, that was where we butted heads. So, Donnie, switching to you, 1981 was a good year for you. I mean, you certainly, like, you got on Honda. You were third in outdoors, sixth in Supercross in 81, looking good. But now, again, in 82, you just come out, and, and you win the outdoor championship with a, with a great last race that's uh, everybody will remember for RJ breaking a wheel uh, in Colorado, and you win Supercross. It goes down to the wire at the Rose Bowl with the bomber, and you pull it off. Um, that was at the LA Coliseum. Oh, Coliseum. I'm sorry. But, what Donnie, what do you think was responsible for your jump from 81 to 82 and just being the guy in 82? Well, during the during the off season, and uh, um, you know, we, we me and my uh, teammates, we won the Nations first time for the United States, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, so mentally we was we was uh, a little bit stronger, and then uh, Johnny O'Mara, he rented a room for me. He lived with me out there in Valencia, mm-hmm. in Southern California, and we trained and pushed each other, you know, running. Um, at the gym, on the bikes, you know, we we worked our ass off, and and uh, you know, in the off season, we race we would race local races to stay competitive, you know, at our, our local tracks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Anaheim comes, and uh, I got a good start, got a good start, and um, um, diced a little bit between Schultz and Wardy, and and then. Um, um, towards the end of the race, I just I, I pulled away, and so I won I won the first race, and uh, you know, again these guys, most most of these guys or a lot of these riders that that I'm racing against is people that I've read about, you know, yeah. before I got into the scene, and uh, so now, see, the first year, the first year, and I know I know who's fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't know how fast they're going. I know they're fast, and I got to learn the tracks. 1980, 
Well, I injured. I had ankle problems. I always had ankle problems. Um, so on the outdoors, I finished eighth in the Supercross in the Premier class and then injured my ankles um, for the outdoors. I didn't finish. And then 81, I stayed healthy where I finished sixth in the uh, in the Premier class and finished third behind uh, uh, Kent and, and Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In the off season, where Johnny Johnny and I were, he's on this 125, and I'm on my 250, and we're racing locally and and training um, during the week and such. So the, the first race, we're we're um, we're pretty strong, you know, mentally and physically. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I won I won that, and Johnny finished third behind Wardy, and then second race. Um, uh, Glover, Glover led the thing to the last lap. I think it was the last lap, mm-hmm. and I was right behind him. He fell over something in the whoops, and so I won the second race of the season. And then uh, the third race, which which was Seattle as well, the doubleheader. I mm-hmm. I just tightened up, you know, real conservative, conservative because I had the points lead in in the series and um, finished sixth. The worst I finished that, and the last race, LA Coliseum with uh, with um, Barnett. Right. Um, so, anyways, I still had the points lead, but um, you know, I just had to keep things going and keep just keep my keep my work ethic going. You know, during the week, it's like we're it's like we started off doing, we just kept mm-hmm. kept pushing. And uh, uh, my mechanic, who's who later on was uh, Bob's mechanic, um, Brian Lunas, he he did he come out, you know, with the work spikes, and uh, we do a lot of. Do a lot of practicing or do testing. You know, he took a, a, a lot of his time that he didn't have to do, mm-hmm. and uh, spent it with me on, on the good equipment. You know, and didn't have to ride the production bike. Or at, at some point, I did get a, one of my old work spikes, but um, we got on you know on the on the race equipment. You know, whether it was a backup bike or whatever it was, and and just kept you know kept pushing. It was kept pushing and. Uh, to stay consistent enough, uh, where the eleventh eleventh round, I, I believe it was a twelve twelve mm-hmm. round series, series. Uh, went to L.A. went to L.A. for the Coliseum, and uh, I knew that I had to beat Barnett to clinch it premature. And uh, as it turned out, I got a bad I got a bad jump. You know, I was I was I was nervous or I was tense or whatever it was. You know, I tightened up again and. Uh, Got a bad, got a bad jump, bad start, and uh, uh, come around the, the first lap, Barnett was leading it, and he he slid out and went over, slid out over the berm or, or whatever it was in the, in the first turn, and I, I went around, I went around him, and uh, just this race to track, rode my own race, and this rode a little bit conservative and finished sixth place, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw that. Uh, Barnett was 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 catching me, but uh, not enough to uh, beat me. He ended up eighth. I believe he got eighth that night, and then I clenched it again premature. And so, so there was a break before the last race, mm-hmm. and that might have been. I don't know if that was the rules, but I don't remember. But we went back to Europe. Went back to Europe again for the second year, and and uh, went back early. Raced Vimmerby, Sweden, the last. 250 World Championship, mm-hmm. and uh, and I won both motors there, and that's where Laporte clinched the title. 
And then a couple of days later, we was out testing that Rolf Diffenbach track out there in Germany. Yep. And uh, that's where I got off, and uh, that was kind of that was the end of my career right there. But you know, and so at, at some, I guess I spent a couple of weeks over there in the hospital, and um, before. I, I flew back home and spent another couple of weeks in the hospital there, but um, I don't know how long the break was, but it seems yeah. like I, I went to the last race, but maybe not. I don't know what I'm thinking about. I'm, yeah. yeah, I didn't see the last yeah. race. Yeah, I think you clinched before it. Um, Bob, for you, do you remember, it's a long time ago, but do you remember being like, look at this Hanson dude. Like, he's, like, look at this guy. Like, he got sixth and third the, in 81. Well, he didn't get that whole shot Hanson for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of the back of him that year. <laughs> yeah. You're, um, and also, too, Bob, like, you know, you and we see it today. Like, riders, I'm in the pits every weekend. Uh, the guy who's winning, their bike is the best by far, and my bike is garbage. I hear this all the time. And, and, and it's, a, it's a rider's psychology mentality. I get, I understand that. The bikes have never been closer than they are now in 17 now with with all five brands but bob in 81 and 82 you had to be looking over at donnie's honda and being like look at oh, that absolutely. thing look at that's that why thing. i was there in 83 <laughs> <laughs> i told the boys we were we were tested in 83 and we were actually test we were riding at the time we were riding the 82 bikes that donnie rode and uh and we were testing the 83 bikes, and the linkage was not, it was a too flat. Roger was trying a real flat linkage on the, mm-hmm. on the rear, and it was not working. And, and uh, Bailey and O'Mara didn't know why, and, and uh, we did, but we were getting it fixed. We, we had the guys that could make a, uh, Ron Turner could make a, uh, or Jim Turner, I'm sorry, Jim, could make yep. a link in one night. You know, right, so right. We had, we'd have them make a link every night, middle of the link every <laughs> night until we got it right. But Roger was thinking those flat links were going to work, and I was just having trouble with them. I told, I told Johnny and Bailey, I go, you know, they were talking about the bikes, and they were pretty depressed. I said, you know what? If we can't win on these Hondas, <laughs> we got to all three go home right now because these are the best bikes that were ever built. You guys are like, and you're like, let we me. We can l- win on these Hondas. We just got to fix this link, yep. and we'll win. Okay, we'll win. Don't you worry about that. You're like, look, I'll bring my Yamaha if you want. If you really want to ride, yeah, they want to test some pile of crap. I'll bring that Yamaha out there and let you ride it, and then you'll get your momentum going, right? Oh, absolutely, Donnie. When you look back at Honda and the bikes were awesome and incredible, uh, Dave Arnold and DeCoster are both there. I've talked to both of them and I've read everything about them. And I mean, which guy? How did they work, or how was how did that situation work? And Bob, I'll I'll, I'll ask you because you were there in '83 and on, but I'll start with you, Donnie. How did Dave Arnold and Roger work? Like, did Roger just work with riders and Dave was the bike or Roger was the bike? How did that kind of work? Well, from what I remember, they, you know, Roger was, the, they, Arnold was the team manager and, and Roger was the consultant. Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, he was always out there testing with us. And I think at the beginning, in the early 80s, he was still riding. Absolutely. Made, but at, at, at some point, I don't think he was uh, 82. I don't know if he was riding during that year, but he was still, I mean, he was there working with us, you know, as we're testing, you know, between with Showa and uh, the the exhaust, you know, for different tracks and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I don't, I don't know how, you know, Arnold, Arnold was, was always there. He was always there. And, and, uh, Listening and and uh, you know whatever he's doing out there, but 
the inputs come in from Roger and, and uh, between Roger and the riders. So uh, for div- development, you know, testing. And, right. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of that going on. Bob, what did you think? How did they work together, and, and how well, did they? Arnold's been around for since uh, Jesus was racing, right? <laughs> right. He was with Marty Smith and the Honda Boys back in the old days. I don't think he's working on Marty Smith's bike, but he's working on somebody's. No, I think he was and, Marty's mechanic when Marty did the GPs and the Nationals. Yeah, he was that year, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. talking before oh, that. Oh, before that. And okay. and he's been around forever. Obviously, Roger's been around longer in the sport than anybody. Mm-hmm. Roger knows as much about it, has forgot more about it than any of us will ever know. Okay, now Arnold and Roger both. They work 22 hours a day if they have to, and they sleep two hours in the truck. I mean, that's what. And Roger's still that way. If you give Roger enough money, they'll win. I don't care what kind of. They can ride Kajivas. They'll make Kajiva win. <laughs> and if you give him enough money, he'll do it. He knows how to do it, and he doesn't care about. Obviously, he doesn't care about taking time off. The guy is crazy, and he, all he wants to do is win. Yep. And that was Honda's mentality. Then Honda had a fantastic bunch of people they could do anything like i said we'd build a link a night for the rear suspension we build a link a night if we had brake problems with a brand new disc on those 83s we'd mm-hmm. fix it whatever we'd fix it and uh you could give them a list they say okay at 10 tomorrow we're going to be back out here we're going to have a new link we're going to have this we're going to have this brake puck we're yep. going to have this and we had it overnight we had it okay uh hrc was highly involved in it right then and, and the uh because we could from hrc everybody was I mean, they were on the ball. That was the place to be. And like I said to those guys, if you can't win on these Hondas yeah. at this time in, <laughs> in this time in the in motocross history, then you need to go home because you're not a real rider, you know. So you, and right now is the time to to train and work. And Johnny and Bailey were new kids at the time, and they kind of look at me like this old man know what he's talking about. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, Donnie was mentioning Roger riding. Yes, yeah. he was riding. He could still ride within a couple seconds of our lap time outdoors. And I walked, and and David Bailey would remember. This is so Johnny at Honda Land. Rogers, I don't know if he's on my. I don't think he's on my bike. He's on a works bike. We're in the pits or we're at the at the test track. Rogers riding, and I walk them over to an off camber downhill, off camber turn, a right hand. I remember mm-hmm. like it was yesterday. Yeah. And I said, "Watch this, sorry bastard, go through this corner. <laughs> he has got the weirdest freak. He'll beat all of us through this corner. Yeah. And he's got the weirdest style in the world because he'd bend his back backwards instead of sliding his ass. He'd bend his back backwards, which I don't like to do. And I and he had a funny technique there. And I showed those guys. I go, check this out. I mean, this guy's strange. <laughs> But Roger, I, I stole a lot of stuff from Roger before that. When he was a Suzuki mm-hmm. in the early days, he was a quintessential motocross rider. I I still think to this day for style. Yeah, he had a lot of little tricks, and uh, that one particular one I watched. I didn't like it. Never never replicated replicated it. But uh, yeah, he was still he was riding in '83, and he was damn in tune. And he rode longer than that. I don't remember when yeah. all he was riding, but he was riding a couple years longer than that, or, or even more than that. So, he could probably ride right now if he really wanted to fairly damn fast. I bet. I bet. Probably. He, I mean, he was great. Yeah. You don't just, you don't quit. You, forget, you don't forget how to ride a bicycle. Right. Um, okay, so let's, and Bob, you touched on this. Let's get to this. So, Donnie, you get injured uh, at the, getting ready for the Morecast Nations. Bob, you said, hey, Raj, I need a bike. I'll ride for free. They got nothing for you. Donnie right. gets hurt, unfortunately. They call you up, and now you're on the team. So, Bob, if Donnie doesn't get hurt, 
you're not on factory Honda, or what do you do? Nope. What do you do? No, I don't know. I was going to Kawasaki to Europe. I had a, I had a deal for Kawasaki Europe GPs. I'd have probably had to do that. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. So hey, my, and that guys, would have been my, fine. My I'd already breaker. tested the bike, and yeah. uh, I, I'm thinking it was a lackey Kawasaki. I forget who's Kawasaki. I, yeah. I tested a works Kawasaki in the desert, and uh, the bike was fine. And I would have had to done. I would have got good money, big money. I, I didn't really want to go to Europe because they don't use deodorant and they don't have good food. But right. <laughs> I, I I would have went because I'd have had to. But my really goal was to ride for Honda, and so yeah. it was a lucky day for me and a bad day for him because I mean I walked right into his truck yep. with his mechanic with his bike. His bike was clean for him, ready to ride, and we both rode about the same, uh, other than a little bit of front uh, difference in the front forks. Uh, we could ride a very similar bike, you know. Donnie, go and ahead. So it was oh. a very, it was a lucky day for me, for no doubt. Wow, no motocross history would have changed forever had you gone to Kawasaki Europe and Donnie shows up in 83 with the number one plates. Like It would have been different. Yeah. Donnie, what were you going to say? Frankly, I wish Donnie would have quit two years early, started his school and given me some schooling, because in 81, 82, I could have damn sure used it. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. You might have saved me a lot of misery. You know that, Donnie? Yeah. The first thing I think of what came out of my mouth is take the stupid boots off. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been back in tennis shoes, wouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now, here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PULPMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. 
let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. Yeah, one of those things that uh, it's it's just motocross history could have been so different. So, Donnie, do you show up at races in '83 and look at Bob and just and not? I mean, not it's not Bob's fault. It's it's not Honda's fault. They needed a rider, but Donnie, that's got to be tough in '83 for you to show up at these races and just go, "What could have been?" Well, yeah, I never never got to use his number one plates uh, that year, but uh, it wasn't so bad. You know, it wasn't so bad for me. I, I tried. In 82, I tried coming back for the, or 83. Yep. I tried coming back for the, uh, I think the last race or something. I was like in San Diego or something. Yep. And I had a, uh, whatever it was, a pre-production 84 bike or something. They they put me on and I rode first practice session. I knew what had been, what needed to be done. See, with my, with my injury, I, I, I lost the, uh, I lost the timing. I mm-hmm. lost the, the depth reception that I need to jump from jump to jump to jump. I lost my balance. Everything that I needed on that bike, I I didn't have it. So I rode the first practice session and uh, wasn't doing what I needed to do. I rode the second practice session, same thing. I came in, I go, Dave, thanks, Dave Arnold, thanks for the opportunity, but I'm done. Uh, I'm not. I'm done racing. This ain't working out. So. Um, yes, I, I enjoyed watching, I, I enjoy competition. I enjoy watching the guys out there, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, you know, um, if Hannah's on, on my bike with Lunas, I'm going to cheer him on. Cause that's, that's my ride. You know, yeah. I'm going to cheer him on. I have someone to, to cheer on, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, um, I, I don't, I don't remember going to a lot of the races, but right. I, I did. I did watch them, and back then there wasn't a lot on TV. That it, you know, um, back then, kind of like Bob Donnie's injury, a little bit like Bailey, and you were still racing pretty much part time, full time, and still around when David got hurt. Same you thing. Say right? I was. Well, yeah, you were. You were. I absolutely yeah. was. The day he yeah. got hurt, I know where I was training in Florida, and I went yeah. home because I couldn't get it out of my mind. I couldn't even ride. I, I mean, I was. Every jump, every corner, all I think is David Bailey, David Bailey, and I just said, "Hey, I'm going home." I just went home. I went home for a week. You really, huh? Yeah. I went home yeah. for a week. Yeah. I couldn't even ride. Yeah. I mean, it just it just bummed me out, you know. 
Um, you know what's funny? Because so, David, the day he got hurt was the best in the world. Yep. The, the day he got hurt, he had finally, finally got his act together mentally, physically. I mean, he knew he could do it. He find, and, and had the determination to kill Johnson. That's what he, he would have murdered him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as a, and to be the best in the world that day in some rinky-dink piece of shit track and get hurt like that, it just freaks you out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, Johnny, all of us were just, I mean, just ruined us for a while. And, uh, and Bob, so 83, you get on uh, Donnie's bike. Now, you, you've got a ton of titles to talk about, but uh, I talked to Bob Oliver a lot when I worked at Yamaha and I've t- McCarty and anybody that was around in 83 – and you were, and I remember reading the magazines. It was like, oh, Hannah, is he washed up? You know, he's too old, which is funny now to look back. You were like 26, right? Like, 27, yeah. <laughs> 27, and people were like, oh, he's too old. 27, you're the strongest. <laughs> it's the best time in your life if you're in shape. Right, and, and no one... No one really knew how bad the bikes were, I think. So, 83, you get on Donnie's bike and, again, talk to all these guys that were there and went to these races, and I've heard Bailey tell me the same thing. You were by far the fastest dude in 83. Just injuries, crashes, whatever. But when you showed up, uh, you, could, you never won another title after that. But, we had a 100-point uh, lead in both series when I got, broke my wrist. You know? Yep, yep. Um, it was like I four the- weeks still in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> You That's just the way it goes. Right? And, that, and in those days, I think, you know, somebody's torturing me. What the hell? <laughs> but when you think back, you always think you're getting tortured. Okay, my broken wrist doesn't compare with Donnie's injury. Donnie's injury doesn't compare with David's injury. Yep. And if you ride these things, you're going to get hurt. You're taking a chance every day. Donnie Hansen, David Bailey, and I are taking less chance than you are, less chance than a, a guy that doesn't ride as good, frankly. Mm-hmm. Okay, an amateur guy really taking more chances than I am or David Bailey because we know what the hell we're doing. Still dangerous, even though we're pushing it. It's still dangerous. But anybody, I I finally came up with a theory that if anybody walks out of this sport, he ought to shut the hell up. You break your leg, shut up, go take a vacation. Right. You right. break your back, you walk again, shut the hell up because there are guys that don't walk again, and that's that's just a bitch, you know. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Donnie. What were you gonna say? I forget. Oh, something about Bob's wrist? Oh, no, his pelvis. He broke his pelvis, I think, oh. in Fresno. Well, no, that was, that was the end of 83. I broke that. That's after the races. Honda wanted me to go to Japan, Donnie, and I don't remember why. They had some stupid Japanese supercross, and I said, I haven't been on one for a couple of weeks, so I said, I'll go ride. Uh-huh. And, and on the way to the track, I ran into a hit a ditch. I didn't see him broke my pelvis. Um, and, Bob, didn't you... Didn't you hide the injury for a while or something? You needed a deal. You needed a front. <laughs> wasn't there something no, about I that? I, when I broke that pelvis, uh, I really wasn't doing too good, and I had to take a little bit of time off. But when I went back to sign with Honda, I was on crutches, and I left the crutches in the car and walked <laughs> and took a bunch of pain pills and walked in without the crutches. <laughs> and signed. I said, oh, yeah, I'm good now, Roger. I'm good already. I'm right, good. right. Um, but I was going... Oh God damn! This hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that like, story. Yeah, if they'd have looked in the car, they'd have seen the crutches because I was on crutches. And still, you know, it, it got all right. It eventually, yeah, got all no, right. you were but at the moment of signing. I wasn't in too good shape. Um, and in eight, yeah, like I said, '83, you were still just as fast as ever. Once that bike underneath you, you know, but just yeah, injuries and and whatever. Uh, the Honda yeah. was good, and you know, hindsight's everything. And I don't know what Donnie was doing. He got hurt that day. But hindsight for me, hindsight is everything. When you're, it's very hard 
to back it off. And, and I don't know how Donnie feels about this, but what gave me strength is wanting to beat the other guys, hating the other guys. Mm-hmm. I had to artificially do that, okay? When I was running during the week or riding during the week, I'm thinking of Ken Howerton when I'm battling him, or I'm thinking of Roger DeCoster when I'm battling him. And to back that off and go, you know, I'm going to back it down 10%. Easy to say, not easy to do. And so I hurt myself by trying pushing too much every day, 100%. And Lunas, who worked for Donnie, and he'll know that Lunas would push you harder than you even push yourself. And I really needed a mechanic that would tell me, I really needed a guy in there to back me down. Mm-hmm. And so you know what? Take a day off and yeah. ride 90% here. Do not ride 100% every practice day because you're going to bust your ass. And I really yeah. I needed some more brains, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's what drove me yeah. to ride 100%. I wanted to murder him. I didn't want to beat him. I wanted to kill him. Right. And, okay, I've put up enough Howard in the last two years. I, I would laugh when I go by, and that son of a bitch could hear me laugh going by him. <laughs> you know, I'm going, where are you today, you sorry bastard? Where are you today? I know the last two years it's been yours, but what are you doing right now floundering around there? You know, I wanted to murder him. Right. And that's fine, but seven days a week. I mean, when I got that Honda, I was on like 28 days straight. I never even, we never even took a day off. I mean, mm-hmm. Lunas coming, like Donnie said, Lunas would work every day, all day, all night. He didn't care. All yeah. he wanted to do is win. Yeah. And we were out there 28 days straight. I couldn't race the Honda until January 1st because Yamaha wouldn't let me out. So the last 28 days, we were out. Matter of fact, there's more than that. It was October 8th to January 1st. I only missed one day. And, uh, it was like six, 60, 70 days I had on the Honda before I first showed up the first race. So I was well, well uh, seasoned. Wow. Uh, was the 80, did you, so you rode Donnie's 82, Bob? Was I rode eight, Donnie's 82 starting October 8th, 82, yep. I think. And then did the 83, was the 83 just as good or better or worse? The 83 or? wasn't as good when it first showed up, but okay. it worked into, to be a better bike. After the testing, the links and everything uh, else and all oh that. Yeah, once right. we got it going, and uh, David rode it before me. I actually raced the 83 season on Donnie's bike for the first the first race. I think in Seattle, I think was the second race. I actually rode the 83, but I, I took the disc off the back, and we started piecing it back together. I did ride the 83 bike, I think, from then on. But Yeah, you were always a drum guy. You were always a drum brake guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I ran drum brakes on the rear for a little while because your yeah. discs just weren't that you couldn't feel them that right. good. I loved the front brake power, but the rear brake I didn't. And then I actually went back to this, but I wanted it right before right. we did it. But the '83 bike was actually even better than Donnie's. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects with Donnie Hansen and Bob Hanna. Uh, I'll wrap this up here soon. Uh, Donnie, uh, who's the toughest competitor you raced against? Uh, was it Bob? Was it somebody else? Was it Bomber? Oh, shoot. It's a combination of uh, Hannah, RJ, uh, Barnett. Barnett was a badass. Yeah. That guy was tough on the 125 and 250s. Right. Um, you know, there's so many. But Glover, Glover was always tough, or, or Bell. But I think the, the main ones that stood out were, were Bob. Uh, Jeff Ward, or no, not um, Ricky Johnson, yeah, uh, Mark Barnett, uh, Harrington. He, he he was he was pretty tough himself, but uh, yeah, 
Bob, you've always I mean, uh, Bob, you've always said Barnett, huh? Like you, Barnett was an animal because he was like Rocky and Rocky One. He has nothing but just to train and beat your ass. And <laughs> he goes to Grandma's house. When right. he went to Grandma's house, I wanted to go down and have Grandma assassinated, right? Because he's hanging out with Grandma. He's beating him. All he's doing is riding and running every day. He stays in that stinking humidity down there, and he comes back tougher every week. You know. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to have, I wanted to kill Grandma if I could find out where she lived. Because without Grandma, he wouldn't have been near as tough. I heard there was just broken RMs everywhere because he would just oh, ride them. He just ride them until they break and <laughs> gas cans everywhere. I, I, the only way to beat that is do it, the, do it the same way. So none of us had a life, right? Right, right, yeah, exactly. You know, he he rides he rides ten gallons of gas a week. I'm going to ride fifteen gallons of gas a day. He rides twenty gallons of gas a day. I mean, it was, it was yeah. like a competition. It was it was bad news. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to John Tomac a little while ago, and he was around in the mid-80s, late-80s, right, as on the mountain bike side and bicycle side. And he says, in his opinion, and I think Osho got a little out of, a little bent about it, but uh, John Tomac told me that he thought that, that you guys, and he said Wardy and O'Mara, but your era, he thought you guys did too much training for what you needed to do. Um, for now, for what we know now, you guys were gnarly. We might have. I certainly know myself. I should have backed it off. I I know that. I should. I yeah. don't know about the amount, but I should have certainly backed down to speed. Yeah. And uh, and rode a little more conservative because yeah. if you can't you can't win if a, you know one little bone in your wrist is broke can stop your whole mojo. You know. Yeah. Well, I meant more off the bike, off the bike stuff, just the training that way. Like you guys were. Cycling, you know, running. beat you up as much. I ran a lot and I, and I rode bicycle a lot. So yep. that really, when you're young, you can run. I can't run anymore, but mm-hmm. I ran till I was 50. And and a lot of many, many days I run 70 miles a week. So it doesn't really hurt you until you get old, you know. Uh, and so would, so would you say Bomber then, Hannah? Did, or I put that words in your mouth, but was there somebody else that... I mean, a lot of guys on different days. When yeah, Donnie yeah. Hanson was on, Donnie Hanson was the man. Right. When Rick, when Rick Johnson was the man, every dog has his day. To compare anybody, I still say to this day, you know, these guys can argue all they want. You go to Europe, you go to a Holland sand track, you go forty-five, two forty-five-minute motos and get Heike Mikkel or Roger Jacosta, not a guy in the United States that would ever beat him in their day on the same equipment. No right, way. Right. Right. No way. Yep. I rode with those guys. Roger DeCoster in his day would freak you out. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I've ridden I with Bomber. I raced with Bomber. I raced yeah. with Donnie Hanson. I raced with Rick Johnson. 45-minute motos in Europe with Heike Mikkel or Roger DeCoster. If you're in that same race, you'll get freaked out. Yeah, I bet. I and, bet. I, and I would never, ever say I could beat Roger or Heike on the same track on the same bike. Never. Yeah. Because I would be lying. I'd be bullshitting. Right. Maybe I could be I beat Roger when the son of a bitch was old. And I barely beat him. <laughs> you know, I barely beat him when he was old. I told I told the story one time yeah. about I had to wait. I told my mechanic in Europe, Bill Bushka was pissed off. He goes, Roger was killing me. I, he goes, what are you going to do? And I go, I'm going to wait. He goes, what are you going to do about that on Sunday? I go, I'm going to wait. He goes, what do you mean you're going to wait? I go, I'm going to wait till the son of a bitch is older. <laughs> because I can't beat him now. I can't even stay with him. Okay, the- those guys were way tougher than people think. People, every dog has his day, but every era. Donnie's riding a good Honda. Yeah. Yeah, great. Roger was riding a good Suzuki in his day. Was it as good as Donnie's Honda? No. Yeah. But if Donnie had to ride Roger's Suzuki, yeah. In the 77 right. World Championship, Donnie is not going to beat Roger DeCoster. That's just bullshit. Right. Not going to do it. Right. And neither am I. Right. 
Um, not going to do it. Heike Mikkola was the nastiest finished bastard you've ever met on a track. I've ridden with him, and he's nasty. He looks scary. He looks scary. Uh, he even looks scary, right? <laughs> he did. And Roger will tell you, he was not that much fun to race with because... It was a serious day when he shows up. Uh, by the way, Hurricane, I did a podcast with Howerton a little while ago. Maybe I bet that was fun. There's still some hard. <laughs> there's still some harsh feelings there, Bob. <laughs> like I'm actually really surprised he did not like talking about you. I no. I tried to. I tried you to. Can't do an it. it we really kind of came to an end. You know, I used to. I stayed at his house and rode with him down there in the early days. But after '81 or whatever yep. that year was, it it really. It, came to we did not see stuff the same It way. is amazing. 30 years later, there is still some tension. There's still some <laughs> tension. I, I love it. Um, uh, before we let you go uh, here on the podcast, I guess first up, uh, one of the guys that uh, you know sent me a note and said, hey, you know what would be a really cool idea is to get Donnie and Bob together on this on this podcast. And I love it because of the 82, 83. And unfortunately, Donnie, you, know, you, you had the short end of the stick, like Bob said. But I love the this, the motocross history and the synergy of what happened with between you two guys in a way, um, and, and it was Eddie Cole. And, and so I guess before we wrap it up, Donnie, uh, Eddie is a guy that I wish I had his his business acumen because he has taken companies, built them up, sold them, flipped them. I, I wish I knew what Eddie Cole knew in business world because that guy's a genius. He's, yeah. he's got it. He's, he's got it going on. He, he he works his ass off. He's, he's got it going on and. He, he uh, you know, he's, he's stuck with uh, doing this business thing, and uh, yeah, he, he learned it. He learned it, and he just uh, turns him over. You know, he's just uh, a great individual, a great person that uh, would he, he would do anything for anyone. I told him, Bob. I said, Eddie, whatever your next idea is, I want in. I don't care what it is, I want in. <laughs> Buy in. You can't go wrong. Right. Right, right, Bob. I'm at his house tomorrow night. I fly down there tomorrow. I ride. I got a bicycle ride uh, mm-hmm. Friday morning at eight, right out of his house with a bunch of guys, and then uh, and we're going to Friday night. We're going to Malcolm Smith's fiftieth. Uh, oh, cool! Shop anniversary and and his Tom birthday? White's there and blah, blah. And we're just down there BSing for a night. And and he says he always says Bob, you putting his handlebars on was massive. And so I'll tell him that tomorrow. I'll remind him of that tomorrow. Maybe get at least get dinner out of him. Maybe a check. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. The great. Doesn't Eddie. he owe us some money, Donnie? What's that? Doesn't Eddie owe us some money from the old days? I, I think so. I, gotta, I, gotta <laughs> I think I'll hit him up notes. tomorrow. I think. I think we might. I think we might have something coming. I got to look at my notes. All right, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Both of you guys hit Eddie up, and then I want in on Eddie's next idea, so I, I can do uh, so I can do it. Uh, awesome time. Thank you to both of you, Donnie. Thank you for your time, Bob. Also, always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for the time on the Racer X podcast. I think people will get a real kick out of this. Uh, DonnieHanson.com. Please check him out. DHMA schools have been going on for a long time now, and uh, Donnie's a pioneer in that. And uh, if you need an, if you need an airplane, uh, call Bob. I guess Certainly. that's all. And if you see my friend uh, Ross Pedersen, tell him hi, huh? I will do that. I haven't spoken to Rollerball, but I, I will do that and uh, all right. for sure. And thanks. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks, Bob. See you, Thanks, man. Steve. See, see you, Bob. See you, Don. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends. 
and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take your money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,